today is the day. Well, sort of, kind of. This is coming out on Wednesday, but we are recording on Tuesday, and that means 22 years ago today, Taylor, David Arquette became the world heavyweight champion and pissed off a lot of people. But I don't think it's his fault. And I'm here once again to yell and scream at clouds because I think David Arquette got the short end of the stick. And I want to go ahead and shout him out real quick because once again, he's interacting with us on Twitter and now he loves the Jaded family. Uh, did he get the short end of the stick? He got a world title put on him. He, to this day, is still dealing with the fact that people were so upset and thought that he killed wrestling that they like will tarnish him. Think about his career shortly after that. He didn't do too many more movies and like he's still... Kind of having a hard time. You watch You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I've watched that That's movie. Cool. I'm going to rewatch that movie, but on the checklist tonight is Ready to Rumble because I disagree with all of you. That movie's fucking great. Nobody said it. I, all of us. I never said it was a bad movie. You did, Taylor. I Everybody did, not, did. I did not well, say it was a bad movie. I understand it, and I like it. Now, am I rating it a 10 out of 10? Absolutely fucking not. I'm not. Why aren't you rating because it a 10 out of 10? Because it's not that good. It's okay. It's. I feel like it's the same way I feel about the movie Grind. Like, all movies from 2004. They all have this certain sense of humor. And I don't feel like I like that anymore. Like, it's still fine for the time period. It's occasional. If it pops up, I'll watch it and not be upset. But I'm not going to go list it on my top 20 movies of all time, Will, like you are. Can I ask you a question? When you watched it for the first time, had you already been familiar with wrestling on like a regular basis? Like you had watched wrestling before and you understood it? I guess a lot of the like shit that comes from it because people were just pissed. I guess they were insulted, this, that, and the other. But the whole idea was to not only give wrestling fans something to enjoy, but to bring people who've never even watched wrestling in and give them a movie to enjoy. And on for me... It did that, man. Like, I didn't really watch wrestling. I had, like, one or two exposures before I watched this. But this was, like, something I watched, like, every couple months. The thing that bothers me about this the most, about this David Arquette thing you have, is that you have went out of your way the last year. Anytime WWE pulls in a celebrity or anything like this, you make it a point to, like, demonize it and make it out to be this, like, horrible thing that they're bringing in celebrities like Logan Paul or something. But I didn't bastardize the Logan Paul thing. But I mean, I actually it, advocated no, for another celebrity so to come in. On the WrestleMania review, you advocated for Logan Paul. But the three weeks prior to WrestleMania, you shat all over him. No, 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 no. You, you must also, have not been you there. You also did Taylor. Johnny Knoxville the same way. I didn't care for the Johnny Knoxville. You know, I did bastardize him a little bit, but look how gimmicky his shit was. What with the Logan Paul, what I was saying is, hey, let's bring Oliver Tree. Really good gimmicky. This is mega gimmicky as well. And they put a world title on him. Like, imagine if they'd put a world title on Logan Paul, dude. But think about like, it from David I, Arquette's no, perspective. No, from his perspective, I get what you're saying. And from you being a fan of the movie, I get what you're saying. But you're kind of playing both sides of the coin here. Well, no. I can appreciate fun every once in a while when it's executed in the right way. And can you? Yes. In wrestling, can you appreciate fun in wrestling? Because you've never, I've never known you to be that guy that appreciates Did fun. Did I not in tell you that B Bad Bunny made me a fan after that WrestleMania but match? That was, last year? Uh, he was legitimately skilled. Yes. You couldn't really argue with it. So there was nothing gimmicky about that. Did I shit on that. Logan Paul after that match? Well, a little bit. No, no, no. I didn't fucking. There are people that literally 
ruined him. And I did not. I was not a part of that crowd. I just want to. I just want to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. You because, think I listen, don't like Judy Bagwell on a forklift? No, well, you've said that that's one of the worst matches ever in front of me a couple of times. We we savor. It's a what bad she match, for, but I can. Appreciate I don't think it's a bad match. I disagree with you on that 100%. I think it's a very entertaining piece of wrestling that I very much enjoy. There's nothing bad about that. One While we're on the subject, I don't think that Buff Bagwell Booker T match is a bad match either. I think people are shitty because it's not the style of wrestling that WWE promotes. And it's like a WCW style when it's the first match for those WCW guys on WWE. And it flopped because it's not the style of wrestling that WWE promotes. But I don't think either one of those are bad. Buff Bagwell for life. Dude, no, no, no. But one week you sit here and criticize me for not allowing any fun in wrestling because I don't agree with you on certain gimmick matches. And now I'm trying to explain to you like, hey, there are times and places where I appreciate a good gimmick match. And I have been vocal in the past. Like, I love the cinematic shit. Like all this stuff Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy did that we watched that giant... Okay, I sat through 70 random fucking YouTube videos just to get that entire story because once I was there, it was like a car wreck you couldn't look away from. I wasn't looking away, Taylor, you, and I enjoyed it and I appreciated it for what it was, you, just like the David Arquette situation. You, he, mm, he is on record mm, saying like, hey, mm. for me, I'm doing it for the fans. Like, I'm the first fan to actually become a fucking wrestling You You champion. front end compliment the Hardys, and then you get to the back room and you talk shit about them. You don't like the Hardys like that. Don't play. Not anymore? You never did. You never I, did. <laughs> don't play that bullshit with you're me. You're doing this thing where you're just taking my concern for Jeff's health and just generalizing it, making it seem like I fucking hate them. The I don't. The, but no, but that's not all of what you hate about the Hardys. It's not just that Jeff is still uh, taking dangerous spots. The thing you hate about the Hardys is because the first five years were really, really like show-stopping and it was shit we hadn't seen before. And then after that, it was a perpetual ladder match. And you hate a perpetual ladder match. Okay, no. That's, what, so that's your thing with the Hardys. It's not so much the Jeff thing. It's that they do a lot of similar spots in every match because it's their signature. See this? You're generalizing again. It's not just the ladder match. It's this thing that the Hardys have. How, first and foremost, I'm coming back to you, David Arquette. But it's oh, the thing, this thing the Hardys do, right? Where they not only do like the same style of match, but they have such a hard time evolving. That's why I liked the uh, all of those fucking YouTube videos, all those cinematic things and impact, because for once, they finally changed who they were. They weren't the fucking dudes rocking the Hot Topic uh, fucking Jinko, not Jinko. Yeah, they were. They were those guys doing that too. <laughs> but it wasn't... What I'm saying is literally Matt Hardy is going in his closet from 1999, grabbing the same ring gear he wore then and slipping himself into it. And that's Matt Hardy's in good shape, but he's not, he does not have the same figure he had in 1999. And so when you slip into that, you just look a little weird. This is my fault. I shouldn't have done Yeah, you brought this up. But uh, listen, so back to David Arquette, though. So my whole point, (laughs) and my whole point in bringing the Jeff Hardy stuff is. I want to know if you actually like David Arquette because of the wrestling or if you like the movie so much because it's a movie about wrestling that has skewed your view on him as a wrestler. Because you, on one point, you have to respect the deathmatch stuff. Like, you can't deny that he really did try to be a wrestler. He, no, or he's is, a, is a wrestler. I'm sorry. I misspoke. David Arquette, that's on me. I'm sorry about that. That was disrespectful and on accident. What I want to say is, is there a place in you that you would never consider him worthy to have a world title, though? That's nuts. From a booking perspective, 
That's bonkers, correct? Can I ask you a counter question to kind yes, of prove my fine. point? That's fine. Go ahead. If it happened in WWE today, would we be mad? Yes. Absolutely. You would throw the roof off of my house because there would be so much fire coming out of your head. It would catch everything on fire and the whole place would melt. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you a different question then. Bad Bunny was in the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is not a world title. But what's on the line? Name me a time that a celebrity won a world title on a pay-per-view. A world title. Not the TV title. Not some fly-in, do-a-segment leave on WrestleMania to get more viewers. He won their title. I know. That's Roman Reigns losing to a celebrity. No, no, no. I'll, I can book this to where you might actually be intrigued. We don't do the unification thing. We still have the main event be Brock Roman, right? With that belt on the line. Night one is Bad Bunny versus Bobby Lashley. All right? And we've seen what Bad Bunny can do. But this Bad Bunny is not David Arquette. I, David Arquette went in no, there. No, no, he did no, not no. have the moveset but that Bad Bunny had put away. He didn't. But what I'm saying is let's walk this path a little bit more because I can really address why the anger was that it was David Arquette. But if Bad Bunny ended up working his way into winning the Royal Rumble and then actually putting a main event program with Bobby Lashley for that other belt and he won it, I don't think people would tear down Bad Bunny like they did David Arquette. Did David now, Arquette work a main event program? No. No, he didn't. He did not. This is going to bring me into, I guess Bischoff was brought back to fix all of Russo's mistakes. So he not only was control, Russo was in control, but do you know whose idea this was in the fucking first place? Who? Just take a guess. Think about who was in WCW, and I will tell you this. They are in wrestling today on TBS. Who was it, man? I don't know. Tony Schiavone. Huh. It was Schiavone's idea. And nobody crucifies him like they do David Arquette. Everyone just remembers fondly that Tony Schiavone so, is just his idol in wrestling. You want to take the the blame off of David Arquette and stick it on poor little Tony's shoulders? If you're telling me you you don't like Tony now, is that what this is? Poor Tony, he's just taking crossfire from sitting in the corner. He ain't even involved. This is one of those situations where it's really really hard because there's blame on every single part, and there is even some blame for David Arquette for taking the the belt. But he's also in a situation where he's a lifelong wrestling fan. No, I get his perspective. I'm not upset that, well, okay, I don't like that he got the belt, let's be honest. But I'm not, if somebody says to you, we're putting the belt on you, he's not going to say no. You know what I mean? That, like, and, like, put yourself in those shoes. You're promoting a movie in which you're wrestling. You're given looking, the opportunity to live your lifelong dream. I am looking at this purely from a wrestling fan perspective. I'm not looking at this from, like, a David Arquette fan or whatever. So, on his side... I feel a little bit bad for them because he did get blackballed for this. Like this really ruined him pretty and, well for a long time. And, and that's a fair assessment. And people are just upset because WCW was holding down their own roster and they felt like this was a fuck you to everyone else who had been working and grinding all these years and not getting that, that scene. But it wasn't like David Arquette was he had six months with the belt and had this big run where he was just squashing people but out of nowhere. Think it was a, less than a fucking week. But they had bonafide talent in the company. That's the thing. Like, he didn't trust his talent enough that he would put them in a main event match to produce numbers. Instead, he had to go outside and grab David Arquette. 
Does that not alarming to you? When you look at the state of the company at the time, no, it doesn't. But the state of the company was, well, uh, most of them were divas. But on top of that, it was mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and there was people just every direction booking themselves. That's the problem. And then you try to fix it with David Arquette, which doesn't, it's another mistake. No matter which way we put around it, there's no way that this comes out good. You can't sit in a boardroom and say, we're going to put the belt on Arquette. And and not, I'm sure there were three people in the room that were like, no. you know what I mean? Like, what? Well, and here's the craziest part is you have so many talents that are still to this day upset about it. But then like you have Ric Flair sitting there going, nah, it makes total sense. I'm happy for you, pal. Oh, no. And I'm not saying like anything bad about David Arquette. Like I like his movies. You know what I mean? I have no issue with him. I just I think it's a situation where people kind of they take the blind side. But let's ask the question. What if we used Booker T? What if we used Booker T as that transitional champion? Would people be happy about that if Booker T just got the belt for a week just to be thrown back out of the title picture the next week? I don't think that it it'd would be an be, outrage. I don't think it'd be as widely talked about as this is. I don't think we'd be sitting here right now talking about it. But it is every time that you hear someone talk about this, aside from you, what are they doing? They're bad-mouthing WCW. Nobody ever speaks positively about this. And that's why I am trying to be an advocate for people to get off their fucking high horses. Let's get the review or the reviews up first and foremost. They're I want only you to at twenty three percent for this to, movie. I want you to know though that every time that you try to insult fun on TV from now on, I'm going to bring David Arquette and throw it in your face. Have you watched that three tier stage? Yes, match that he fucking. It's great. It's all right. Great's a loaded word. You're calling everything great now. Fruit salad's great. McDonald's cheeseburgers are great. You know what I mean? Like David okay. Arquette's three-tiered, three-tiered match is great. It's all. It can't all be great. Come on. Some things just have to be average. I can agree with that sentiment, but I don't <laughs> think it applies to this situation. All right, Davey. Well, I tried to disparage you a lot today, but you know there's one person on this podcast that really does not feel like that, and he's sitting next to me. So also, thank you for interacting with, with us on Twitter, and we are big fans. So all bullshit aside, we are big fans. Also, let's make sure everyone knows Taylor's views do not reflect my views <laughs> or the views of Jaded Rosalind. Same thing last week with you and Hangman. My Lord, dude, I felt terrible after releasing that episode. It was a good episode, but afterwards I was like, damn, man, I don't really feel that bad about Hangman at all. That poor guy just took a fucking thrashing from us. I'll tell you what, though. There was not a single person that actually argued with me and said, you're wrong. I, you were sitting here waiting for it that people were going to be like, you're an idiot. But no, a lot of people are like, actually, you make a very compelling argument. And I said, because I know where I'm at. I know where I stand with this shit. And I want to talk about something almost non-wrestling related, but very wrestling related. We do this all the time where we bring football into the situation. And I was watching something kind of wrestling related. I was watching Pat's show today because I am really excited for the draft on Thursday. Um, and I know he's got a lot of good insights. So we had Charles Davis on the show. I'm not surprised if you're not familiar with him. He's an NFL analyst, but he's the commentator in Madden. Well, Pat had him on the show today, and you're expecting them to talk about football right out the gate. But no, instead, he had a very interesting question for Pat. And he straight up goes, who is in Gorilla for your match? That is how he started it. This NFL analyst wanted to know that. And he was like, you know, I'm a little bit smart to the business. And apparently it was Vince who produced that whole match, which is interesting to know. Uh, but then he starts going on to Pat. And you have this 
thing where people are like, oh yeah, back in my day, we had Stone Cold, The Rock, or you'd be like, we had Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. No, he straight up spit out of his mouth that his uh, wrestling that he grew up with was WWWF. And he was talking about all these different names like Wahoo McDaniel and stuff like you don't typically hear people actually put out in the airwaves these days. And to just have this NFL analyst come out of the gate slapping names out that probably a lot of the people watching Pat are not even going to fucking know. Just like you're listening to this segment going, who the fuck is Charles? That was great for me. And I, uh, you know what this tells me? What? Wrestling fans are everywhere. They are. And that's what I'm saying. Like you, you never know. You see this thing where like people are just sliding in here and there. Another person who's involved in Madden's coach, but think about all the stuff coach fucking did for WWE. I have a lot of these kind of conversations with people that you don't expect to be wrestling fans. And then you rope them into like a 35 minute wrestling conversation that they weren't ready for. I talked to this guy I see every week at Publix and he's like a 60 year old man who just does not look like he would do anything except for watch like uh Murder, She Wrote or something. I love that show. And uh, I know you do. Um, <laughs> so. Do. Uh, I, I was talking about wrestling to somebody else the other day, and he just walks up. He goes, oh, you guys see Cody Rhodes, huh? And I instantly was like, got him. And I instantly turned to him. I go, well, guess what you're going to do for the next 30 minutes? We're going to have a wrestle conversation. You just rope him in. You rope him in. That's You find it, and yeah, you have a lot of the people who go, oh, yeah, I like wrestling that Stone Cold guy or The Rock. But then <laughs> you really do find these people out in the wild who are just insider marks that are just trying to hide that they like wrestling. I got him to do this, like, 30-minute monologue to me about how he <laughs> about how he hates Drew McIntyre. And it was just great. Like, I just love these things. Like, I wish I could have recorded him and put him on our podcast. He went for 30 minutes just like... This dude sucks. Like, they keep bringing him out with this stupid-ass sword. It's named, like, Lit Betty or some bullshit. Betty. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Every time he comes out on SmackDown, I keep on forgetting that he's on SmackDown. I think we're to this point where they reminded us so many times that Drew McIntyre did not succeed the first time that we're now stuck in this cycle where that's always his story. That's truly the base of his character. Someone who once didn't succeed and now has all the potential. Do you, something that might be a little too old for you. Do you remember uh, Ken Griffey at all? Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah. So he used to have this slogan, uh, walk softly and carry a big stick. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. So I was thinking that we should rebrand Drew McIntyre. He can keep the sword, but he'll just have on the back of his shirt, uh, walk softly and carry a big sword. I'll cut the cheese i guess i don't know if we can re rehabilitate him at this point oh hell no we can definitely rehabilitate him anybody can be booked back into good graces they just need the right push they need the right writer it's always possible i don't know i think his moment has come and passed and That's, i don't really know i think that we have probably never disagreed on something more than i disagree with you right now i think that he has every tool that is necessary aside from someone to better write his matches there's somebody writing his matches backstage that is just boring. Like everything they're doing is they're feeding into this machine of Drew McIntyre. And he needs to step out of that machine. He needs to go back to Drew Galloway, not the character. He can stay Drew McIntyre, but like the way that Drew Galloway wrestled was different than the way that McIntyre wrestles. Well, this will bring us to kind of something I wanted to talk about to end the show anyway. And I think he's really going into that mold where he's becoming. Randy Orton. He's not really 
putting on matches that blow you away anymore. And maybe we can do something where we find something like RK Bro or maybe a Roman Reigns change where that fire is lit again. But the trajectory we're at with him, I really think he's destined to float around that mid card like he has for so long in WWE. And I don't know what it is about when you put him in this company, but he just he falls a little bit flat for me. Not to say that he doesn't have, like, he's a five-tool player, to use your term that you haven't used for so long. I haven't long. used it in a while. Is it because everyone stole it from I, us? I, so I don't believe he's a five-tool player. I believe he's a four-tool player. He's missing one very, very important tool. What tool is that? The utilization of a microphone. I agree. That's the tool he is okay, missing. Okay, actually. He is a four-tool player. He has one thing that he needs, and it is someone to write a better storyline and a better matchup set up for him. He can't live and die on a Claymore and be interesting. That is the issue. That's always going to be the issue. It's because he lives and dies on a Claymore. Do you, so you think we need to spice up his moveset? Not only spice up his moveset. Like, he can keep the Claymore. It just needs to not be such an all-the-time thing. Like, right now, he's hitting the same buttons every week. You know what I mean? And that's his character. Like, sometimes you're going to see people that likes to powerbomb. That's going to be the move that they go to every week. He needs one or two other moves that will just throw you off your rock a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, he's so incredibly talented, especially, like, the ability to jump that he has is underrated. Like, he can, he's a very high vertical that doesn't get used very, very much aside for that claymore. There's so many other moves that he can do because of his size and because of his ability to jump. There are very few big guys that I think of as athletic like that. Undertaker, you know, like that kind of athleticism is very, very rare. And it's there, but it's rare. And he has it. He just doesn't utilize it because he's been stuck in these Baron Corbin feuds where he doesn't do anything except for cut the ropes with a sword. Well, let me ask you two questions spawned off of that because you said like his promos, do we need to pair him with a manager? But two, do you think just like Roman Reigns, he has a move like that in his arsenal already? Because with Roman, I mean, my biggest critique for of him for the longest time was the Superman punch. We don't really see that. Anymore. He still does it. He does. But, but his- it's, it's what I'm talking about. They should do with Drew McIntyre. Exactly. When he does it, it's sparing because he, now it's not annoying. It's not annoying when it's a sparing move. When he cocks the glove, I secretly love it. I got to admit, I secretly love I'm it. I'm still out on that, but the fact that he has moved to using the spear as his ultimate finisher. thats Just give him one or two other moves. It doesn't have to be anything special. It's just something that's dominating that breaks up the monotony. Well, let me ask. Have you seen anything that he's done before that you think he could use as a move? Or is there any move in your head that he could potentially bring into his arsenal to really just do that one more thing like i think a good example i was telling kevin about this the other day in 2k22 i you have the ability to stat people out which is fun because i ended up just statting out timothy thatcher and changing one of his finisher moves because i don't really like doing submission in those games and that's he's a submission specialist that's actually the the trick that i would give drew mcintyre now that you mention it though I want him not to be reliant on a submission, but to have a submission in his arsenal. Do you think if we gave him just a really good... So you brought Undertaker, actually. Could we do that? The triangle choke? That's one. I want to give him something easier. I wouldn't even mind like a front fake slock or something like that or like... But he's got the legs like Taker where he could really mm, get that imagery. He definitely does. Mile long. And so... That's a one. That's one. I just think... The problem with doing Undertaker's moveset is he's one of the people that 
it's hard to rip his moves because everybody knows what his moves are. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to do a lot of like tombstone pile drivers because when someone sees a tombstone pile driver, what what do they do? They go with the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Wolves of Wall Street where he's pointing at the screen. You know what I mean? A little bit. But tombstone uh, on the same side of that coin though, everybody does a fucking power bomb. That's and that's fair. all the last but ride is. His was a little different. He just ugh, it, it was high. It, it was different. It's he, he added flair to it's it. It's closer the to the jackknife, like the red Kevin razor's Ash. edge. There's a different element to that move than the way everybody Ooh, else does it. I think razor's edge could be a really good move for him too. That's been used lately though. Someone's using it. Who is it? I just saw it recently. Like someone was using it. I don't think they're in WWE, are they? Maybe not. I don't know. I'll figure that out later. It doesn't need to be done on this podcast. But so now that we have the move, let's address the other thing do you think we could get drew to be a promo machine or do you think we're better off just admitting that managers are sometimes necessary in fucking wrestling so, or sports entertainment listen and we- i think that he's fine on a microphone for the most part like he can get it together book the right way he can make a solid promo i don't have a problem with him talking it's okay it's just everything he gets booked in are feuds that i don't want to watch or i don't have interest in it's not his fault but Remember when he had that little stint with Big E where he was kind of funny on accident? What if you gave him Malcolm? So, <laughs> you read my mind. We need, we're done with the Drew McIntyre face experiment. We Drew need Malcolm t- Tire. We need to turn him heel. And there are two people in my head. I always just go to Malcolm as the heel manager because he's the best <laughs> he's in the so game. so funny, dude. But do you know who my other option is? And I don't even think they're with WWE anymore, but that's just a phone call that needs to be made, and I'm sure they could make it happen. You're going to play corny? No, 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 no. Finley. Okay. Imagine Fit Finley coming back to do manager work for Drew McIntyre. I have a problem with that. Here's the problem. If Fit Finley comes back, (laughs) I want him to wrestle. (laughs) I know he shouldn't wrestle, but... I want him to wrestle. I like to fight, man. He does. And so imagine the pairing between them. And you still have the same dynamic where uh, Finley's shorter than McIntyre. So you have that <laughs> all more like a Seamus guy to me. Please, no. I'm good on that. <laughs> Stay me away. I think... You leave Seamus alone. He's taking so many chops that have bruised his body. And you know what? He's doing his own thing with Butch and... Uh, the other guy, Holland or whatever. <laughs> the they're, other guy. They're in their own little corner doing their own thing. I don't want to talk bad about him. Yeah. And like I is the None minute of, I think about him, I think bad thoughts. Yeah, but you have some good thoughts about Seamus too. He no, no I'm not thinking about Seamus. I'm uh, talking about the other guy. Oh, okay. And th- I, I feel like I'm right to feel those feelings. I adore Pete Dunn. Do you have a second option though? Because I don't think Malcolm's going anywhere. I don't. I don't either. He's um, gonna. He's gonna be the guy for. Let me the, think those here. Boys, when they come, let me up. let me think here for a second. Um, there's got to be someone do, out do, there. Do, 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 Who's your person? Do. Who do you got? You got? Anybody? I just told you, Malcolm or Fit Finley. God, there's nobody else. You don't want anybody that's a real talker. Are you really saying that Finley's not a talker? Okay. Ooh, I want Daniel Lambert. <laughs> so I'll say another name that did come to mind, but they really fucked up. Already, I was gonna say Regal, but you know what? Please, please, please leave him where he's at. I think Regal could have done some yeah. magic with McIntyre, though. This is just fantasy booking. This things aren't gonna really happen. But dude, I'll tell you what, Daniel Lambert is growing on me. 
He's getting better. <laughs> now that he's not, now that he dropped the cornet gimmick, yeah, he, he's he's excelling. But look at the talent around him. Yeah, you're right. You could use your talent to buy some merch. ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/JadedRasslin, or just follow us on Twitter. The big three are at JadedRasslin, at TotsPod, and at YearOfPod. We put out content each and every single week for you. So tell a friend to tell a friend, and uh, we love you. Wait a just minute, just like we love David Arquette. Wait a second. What? We didn't talk about Oscar. Fuck that. We ain't done. Oh, you're excited about that. Oh, no, no. Listen, you don't understand what this means for wrestling. It's been a while since WWE has given me a mid-card match that I was truly interested in. It's been a while where all the important match haven't had to be championship matches. Do you know what we have now? We have a women's mid-card feud that we care about. We have a women's mid-card feud that we care about. Good words from a good man. This is going to be Bonkers, bananas, busting the walls, nuts. Ugh. When's the last time you were excited for a mid-card match in WWE? There have been a lot of times. Name one in the last three weeks. Pat versus uh, Austin Theory. Okay, fine. God damn it. You got to ruin my thunder every fucking time. He's a celebrity. These are two in-the-company wrestlers. That does point? not count. You can't have a celebrity part-time guy. I'm talking about wrestlers in the company ingrained in the WWE product. Who wins the last time? Don't cheat, cheat your way out of this one, big dog. I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to think of the WrestleMania card because there was a bunch of mid-card matches. So I liked one. Cody and Seth, but there was no build-up to Cody and Seth. There was plenty of build-up. Seth was... On his ass okay, there each was and every there was week. Seth build up, but there was no Cody build up. So it wasn't like you were like months in advance. Cody versus Seth, Cody versus Seth, Cody versus Seth, and you're not gonna. But right now, Oscar, whoo, Becky, whoo, we got some money, buddy. She's gonna <sighs> kick ass, dude. Do you know that she is one of my favorite female wrestlers? I am so fucking excited. I'm through the roof, bro. I'll do you a favor. Just go back and watch her then. <laughs> it's already happened. And so, but it's gonna happen again in the, the year of our Lord 2022, man. And it's, it's no, be... no, no negativity. This is positive time because Oscar's back. All the sun is shining. The rain falls. It turns into a rainbow. But we don't have anyone else. A double rainbow. You know what mid card feud I'm actually more intrigued by than this. But he's gonna say something from AW. Watch. Morgan Ripley. Ba-da-da! Something in that exact same show there, that I'm more compelled about. I am more interested to see that falling out okay. than I am the well, Becky Austin. We have different styles of wrestling that we like then because Becky has consistently put out good matches since she's come back. I'm not saying she hasn't, but it's going to be the exact same thing it was last mm -hmm. time. It's going to be a good match. Rhea's put out some Bowsers since she's hit the main roster. Oh, okay, so you said no negativity, yet you're being Mr. Negative. No, not about Oscar or Becky. The real star is here. I I think you're going to get a match that is comparable, if not a little bit worse than their last match. Okay. So I don't think they're going to exceed right now, expectations. And I, I'm going to bet you an imaginary dollar, okay? Okay. I'll We're bet you a get, real fucking dollar. Well, okay, fine. We'll bet a real dollar. Big money spender. That's fine. You That's a viper for you. Big money spending wheels. I know how it goes. Okay. Um, here's the bet. We're going to watch both Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley and Oscar versus Becky at some point, correct? Yes. I would like to get... Kevin's opinion on which match he likes better. He's the deciding factor. Kevin, if you're listening, you're the deciding factor. You're a big live guy. All of us know that. Here's the thing. Whichever match you think is the better match, 
the first ones, the first time they pop up. We're not going pay-per-views unless it falls on a pay-per-view, and that's the only match. The first time they wrestle one-on-one for both of them. Then the bet ensues for $1. Kevin is the deciding factor. We have to use the match that comes next with Oscar Becky, though. We can't use any that's of the fine. previous material. That's fine. That's what I said. The uh, next okay. match, 1v1 for both of those people, those two wrestlers, four wrestlers, whatever you want to say. You under, Everybody understand? Good. $1 in my pocket. Can we have a little bit more of a sample pool? I'm not actually, you know what? I'm nope, not worried. we're just giving it to Kevin. One vote counts. He's the deciding vote here. All right. That way... I know I'm going to win because she only hits home runs. She only hits dingers. She's smoking big doinks. Uh, I'm glad you feel that way. She's the boss. I think big, big time Bex. And Asuka, money in my pocket, my friend. That was a year run. I think big time Bex is a better promo than she really was in ring. I think that you're wrong because I think that WrestleMania match was the second best match of the night. But look, okay, so I'll I'll say it. That's thanks to Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair constantly Becky, takes people mm. that I think are overrated. How many people does it take to dance, Will? Two. How many people does it take to have a fight? Two. Okay. How many people does it take to party? Can you party by yourself? No, but I... Okay, so if this is our train of thought, Becky Lynch is great. I'm not, I, I I'm not you, disputing I that. want you to say that if they're tangoing, that she had an equal part in that tango. She was not carrying... Bianca was not carrying Becky through that match. I, I, I did not they're saying both she's really talented. The match was better because Bianca was there. I don't think. The no. Okay. Yeah. That's I fair. don't think the match would have been nearly as good if it was anyone else in the ring. Eh. If you, if you would have gave me Oscar Becky, but I, it was good I don't build up. Though. So do you, let me ask you, do you think whatever we're going to get from Becky Oscar is going to be better than that? Yeah, match? Yeah, I do. I don't. I think that this in particular should be the style of match that you would want to see. Cause Oscar is the closest thing to a beat him up wrestler that WWE has. they do this thing with Asuka where she's kind of like the Randy Orton of the women's division. That's good. Randy Orton's a fucking star. Boring, though. How? Has he been boring the last six months? Because I've... Okay, so if you're saying... And Ring's still boring. I don't agree at all. I don't agree at all. He's still... Because you have Riddle in there, so you're able to put the glasses on a little bit more and get lost in the entire... He's been holding his own. Because he's in tag team. Give me a 60-minute match with Randy Orton. You're going to be bored out of your fucking mind. I love that edge match. I don't. <laughs> I do, though. It's a difference of opinion. Some people like pineapple pizza. Some people like pepperoni pizza. I happen to like pineapple. Well, I'm liking pepperoni. That's fine. That's fine. And true. I'm you just... don't have to eat the pizza if it's on the table. And I'm. <laughs> it's just sitting there. It's on the network. You don't have to watch it. But it's there just in case I need to kill an hour. Well, for another fucking week, I'll be watching. And then afterwards, you know, I might not be watching as religiously. What do you mean? You said a month. It's a yeah, four weeks. It's only been two. It's been three. Has it? Yeah. Fuck. Do you want to make a counter bet? Do no. you have to watch longer? No. Did you <laughs> are you surprised that this, I was actually gonna watch this it? This man's not gonna uh, watch Raw at all for the next year after this. He's gonna take a year hiatus from Raw. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can tell they're struggling so bad with three hours at this point that an entire hour of the show is just recapping what happened the week before. Wouldn't that be a fix to make it one show, though? Not one show on one night. One unified show. Wouldn't that be a fix? No, I think they should just cut the third fucking hour. Why would they do that if they're getting paid to have that third hour from advertisements? Do you like money? You just asked me my opinion. No, but do you like money? I do. 
You think that Vince McMahon likes money? He loves it. He's never going to get rid of it. And that's a reality that I came yeah. to terms with a long, that's, long that's time That's why ago. he keeps the third hour, though. He well, didn't need it. But really, Plus, it's why wouldn't you want less wrestling? theory though this shouldn't be an issue because you you propose that we do the unification of both brands and that solves the problem but more so what happens is then we just get the same rivalries on two shows every week and now we have all this talent just sitting with their thumbs up their ass they have enough people in that company right now to have matches after matches after matches of unique matchups each and every single week and i'm not saying let's get fucking revolving door of talent like facing each other each and every single week but there is no way that they cannot come up with three hours worth of television each and every single week okay that's fair with who they have what i'm saying is in the last two weeks you've saw the evolution of a few different characters and the shows are starting to change again they are i don't think they're struggling as bad as you think they're struggling right now. i don't think they're struggling but i think to fill up of three hours there's time i mean there are obviously things that i don't necessarily enjoy like a wedding or something but so that wedding segment was at least 30 to 45 That's minutes fair. worth of the show. And then they spent another 20 minutes this week recapping it. Let me tell you something, though. Like, you know what people were talking about from that Raw episode? What was getting memed? The fucking wedding, dude. Whether you or I liked it, that's what people were talking about. That's what was getting memed. So they did something right. Uh, to bring it back to Asuka, though, like, this match is going to be a wrestling match. And that's what we want from WWE, right? Like, we want wrestling on TV. We don't want wedding segments or this shit. Like, right now, we have a chance to actually have two wrestlers that we know to be talented wrestling. Okay, so at the, when you break it down like that, I'm happy for And Like I said, it's going to be a good match, maybe even a great or match. Or a feud in general. If we get two or three really, really good matches out of this, I'm happy, dude. And I think we will. The problem, though, with me is, is it's not that it's not going to be good content. We've seen it time and time again. But hold on. Hear me out. It works when two people were involved. Like if we saw Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes now, it's going to be a good match because Cody's a much different wrestler than the last time he stepped in the ring with Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is just a touch different, but he's he's been doing the same shtick, right? With Oscar and Becky... Neither person, to my knowledge now, this could be different by the time we see Oscar wrestler. This could be different by the time we see Oscar wrestle. She might have a whole bunch of new moves that she's throwing out at us. But if she's the same person that I last saw wrestle, it's going to be the same match they had the last time. And that's what that's where my concern is. It's like I need a little bit something exciting no out of no this. but the compelling thing about this is not that it's the same match this is a match where two people can genuinely wrestle and there isn't a clear-cut winner we always have a problem with wwe where it's like okay i know who's gonna win this match you know what i mean i've already figured out where this feud's gonna go isn't that the problem that you find with it you can pick and choose who you think is gonna win every match and most of the time be right and that's not what we have here we have someone who's slided to get a big push per Dave. They think that Asuka is going to get a huge push. We have Becky who's coming off a loss who needs a big push. Again, because that's Becky's character, big time Bex. So right now you have two people who genuinely need a win, but there isn't a choice that you have to choose one or the other. Either one of these people can win, which leaves it up in the air. It's not decided. This isn't Roman Reigns where you know he's going to beat Seth Rollins. It's not, you know it. You know what I mean? That's not this. You can't play your game with it where you can decide who's going to win before the match. 
And you know what that does? Draws interest for me. That's where you're wrong. Becky won't win the first match. I, but I'm talking about the whole entire feud. I, I don't think there's, there's a decided choice that says that Becky's going to win the, the whole feud overall. Let's do this then right now. If it's one match, which it won't be, it'll be at least two to three. If it's two to three, so two, is it'll be Oscar Becky. If it's three, it'll be Oscar Oscar Becky. That's how they'll book it. I also disagree with how they're booking because I am hearing that Oscar's going to get that push. And the perfect way to give her the start to that push is a win over somebody like Becky. And that's what I'm saying. So Asuka's going to win. And then if Asuka ends up, you know, feuding with her long-term, Asuka will then beat her again to cement that she is, like, unbeatable. The third time, because where Becky Lynch is right now, she's on rock bottom. She's trying to come up. So you're going to have her try to face Asuka, fall short. You're going to have her then go, no, I, I want a second chance. Give me the second chance. Going to fall short again. And then she's still at rock bottom and go, I have nothing fucking left to lose. One more time, and it may even be like a loser leaves WWE match type deal. You're going to Baron Corbin her? No, she'll probably come to a situation where she'll be like, if I don't win this match, I'll leave WWE. Throwing that stipulation out there, and then she'll win, and then Oscar will give her a handshake or something. Maybe not to a T that, but I'm telling you. Okay, so you're usually right, and I can't sit here and argue with things that haven't happened yet or what the future is going to hold. But what I'm going to say is I don't agree, and I don't think you're right. So... I'm just going to go ahead and take the opposite side like I always do. I don't see that being the case. I don't think this is going to be a dominant Asuka victory by any means, but I think that she comes out the better of the three, two out of three. I have a question. If I'm right on all three. And I think she takes the last one. If it's three, wait, you think Asuka only wins? Asuka, Becky, Asuka. Uh, Maybe. It, it's possible. It's the see the three matches a scenario. I still I see Becky losing twice with how they're playing the gimmick. We both see uh, Becky losing twice. I I think that she loses too as well. I just think. But I, no, I'm saying back to back. Oh, okay. I'm saying like well, I, that's that's definitely where we have difference of opinion. I'm excited to see how this plays out though, and it might not garner interest from you, but it does for me. I'll watch, and I'm not. This is the you thing when I'm super critical. TV for shit like that, I'll come around every week. For shit like Kevin Owens, I'll be there every week. Let me not backhand compliment this. Let me do the exact opposite of this. I will say now, I'm sure whatever card that is on from WWE, that will be one of the top three matches that I'm not only excited for, but the top three matches on that show from me. I'm just saying, like, I get while you're very, very excited. Like, I know you love both of these wrestlers. I do really like Becky Lynch, but like just watching that promo last night. I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing, but I just it it didn't feel natural. No, I don't agree. I think she's playing the character better than anybody could. I she's playing the character better than anyone could. I just don't feel like it fits her. I don't agree at all. She lost once. She lost one fucking match. She's big time begs. Do you think Conor McGregor comes out and cries? Yes. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yes. No, he's saying there's there. no bigger whiner in the world. None. Zero bigger whiners in the world. None. No bigger. That man got his leg broken and lost the fight and, and said, complained about having his leg broken. And said, I'm going to beat your ass. You lost. Just take an L. He did. You and said, I'm no, going to beat your ass. No, he didn't. He's never taken a gracious L in his life. Not once. Then maybe. That's how she should be instead of saying, I'm a broken fucking person. 
because at the end, there's differences. Even if he's complaining, I don't hate the character setup. I don't hate the feud, and I don't hate the way that she's doing this. I don't hate any of it. I'm here for that's the one person on that show, aside from Kevin Owens, that everything that they have fed me in the last year, I have loved. Everything, maybe Bianca, throw her in there too. I love everything she does. That's the one person that on that show that consistently every week, I know I'm going to get something enjoyable out of her. After the show, I can look back on her segments and be like, damn, that was good. Every single time. Never disappoints. Well, Not for me. Hopefully I'm staying this in three months. Hopefully I hope I'm with too. this I will train be, with you. One way or another, I'll be on the train with or without you. Huh? So, Well, fuck me, I guess. If you're going to Raw Town, you're going to Raw. That sounds weird. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just fucking end it, now. End it like that. We'll, we'll see you Friday or some shit. <laughs>